Coming up on Money Beats, look at the week ahead. We're going to get some tea leaves on the Fed and what maybe the next move out of the central bank will be. Get some important readings on the manufacturing and the services sector. And on Friday morning, as always, the first Friday of a new month, we will get the jobs report. This is Money Beat from the Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. First week of April, first week of the second quarter. Uh, Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Sarah Krause here in the studio in New York, and Ben Lubsdorf calling in from our D.C. Bureau. Ben, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing all right. Yeah, and for a rainy, yeah. a rainy spring day. Or yeah, I guess it's spring. It's now. spring. Almost. It's spring. spring. Yeah. No, it's officially. It's spring. officially spring. Right. It doesn't feel like it. No, say. no, it doesn't. The March twenty second or twenty first or whenever it switches. Who even knows? Yeah, I don't even know what the days are anymore. I mean, they always bleed into one one another. But I do know that is the first week of a new month and a new quarter on April third. And, and it was it a good is, quarter. And it, it, it for was the markets at least. First quarter for the markets was good. Yes. Uh, we will start. We will find out not for a few more weeks how it was for the economy, but Ben, I guess that's where we should start off, right? Because there is there, there are a couple of economic data points this week that we should be aware of. Uh, yeah, and the big one is coming on Friday, the jobs report for March. Right. Obviously, always a big highlight, uh, and economists are looking for another another pretty good report. Um, hiring may slow down a bit from the pace we saw Mm -hmm. in the first two months of the year uh, when we got a couple of really strong readings that may have been boosted by the really warm weather uh, causing some seasonal issues. Uh, Hiring looks like it might go back to trend. Uh, Economists are looking for 185,000 new jobs in March Mm -hmm. and an unemployment rate staying steady at 4.7% and a 0.3% increase for average hourly earnings. So altogether that would show, you know, a little bit slower pace of hiring, but closer to the trend, mm-hmm. low unemployment, rising wages, pretty much what you'd expect to see in an economy that's, as the Fed says, is approaching or near full employment. Can we put a, l- a little bit the the wage growth into context? Well, I think we're starting to see more 0.3s, 0.4s, and okay. fewer 0.1s, uh, which sort of makes sense. We're you know in a stage of the economy where unemployment's a lot lower than it was. Uh, it's a lot hard. You hear a lot from employers that it's getting harder and harder to find workers, not just for you know really high demand tech jobs, but uh, even for lower skilled jobs. And you know we're seeing some evidence that employers are bidding up wages, competing to keep and hire workers. And you'd expect to see you know at this stage of the cycle. Uh, more wage growth, uh, wages going up a little faster, which is really important. That, especially, oh, sorry. oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, what are the sectors that you're sort of looking at at this most recent jobs report? What are are there sort of key areas where if you see you know stronger job growth or wages start to tick up, it, it means one thing versus another? Well, we've seen a lot of the strongest wage growth recently in sort of low-paying jobs. Uh, leisure and hospitality, restaurants, uh, folks at the sort of bottom of the pay scale are starting to see the biggest increases. And that's been happening for a little while now. And that would suggest that, you know, in these uh, jobs that you don't require often a college degree, aren't thought of as real high skill jobs, uh, there is more competition, more turnover that suggests a, a tight labor market. And so we'll be watching closely there. And we'll be watching, I think, the manufacturing sector. We had a couple of really strong months on payrolls there. 
and uh, that's a sector that obviously has a lot of political clout as well as importance to the economy. Yeah, you know, I think we should note too that last month was the first jobs report that came where the whole month was under the Obama Obama was under the Trump administration, and you know they immediately turned on the numbers and said, "Oh well, they're good numbers, they're real." Whereas you know Donald Trump, when he was campaigner Donald Trump, he complained about the numbers being fake all the time. So. Now it'll be interesting to see again if the numbers come in a little bit weaker, and now it's just trend, or it's under 200, and now they look a little dicier. What will, the, what will Sean Spicer say at the press briefing on Friday? Uh, and oh. We'll be watching that, too. I mean, yeah. they really own the numbers for February. They really embrace that yes. strong report, right? Uh, which was a huge turnaround from their previous attitude that it was fake news. Mm-hmm. And they, and they, and they did a similar thing with the markets too, because he got you know yes. uh, Mr. Spicer got asked about the pullback in the markets, and he says, "Oh, you can't be watching the markets, right? You know, like that shouldn't be a gauge." When earlier, when the markets were soaring after um, President Trump's uh, victory, they were embracing right, them right. strongly. And, and of but, course, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh sorry. no, I was just going to say, you know, we're we're heading into this jobs report on the back of, as you said, a pretty good quarter. The S and P is on track for its biggest quarterly gain mm-hmm. since 2015. There were some good uh, sort of survey results and U.S. Uh, sales at U.S. Factories rising at the fastest rate in three years. Um, you know, so there's there's good other economic data out there that's sort of feeding into this. So it'll be interesting to see if that momentum carries forward. Right, and of course, and I think that one thing I always think, especially about these jobs reports too, is is one month's numbers do not add up to all that much on their own. You always have to put these in the the context of the longer term trend where we're going. So. No, that I think that's one hundred percent correct. I mean, uh, Spencer Jacob, our colleague on Her on the Street, constantly says, you know, points out that the, the revisions to the jobs I think are, you know, plus or minus like fifty thousand. Or I, I'm not, I'm making up the number, but they're huge revisions uh, yeah. that come, uh, you know, oftentimes come months later. And I, and, you know, and Ben, you can correct me on this, but I think the Fed more cares about the the twelve months sort of moving average on the the numbers rather than one month, right? Right. I, I mean, you often hear Chair Yell, Chairwoman Yellen talking about, you know, job growth has averaged this over the last three months, the last 12 mm-hmm. months. I mean, that tells you something. It tells you don't get too worked up about one month's number. Right. Right. Uh, you know what? Rather than get into the rest of the economic data that's coming up, I think now is a good time to take a break. So let's take a break. Uh, we'll be back after this message with more, more of your look at the week ahead. WSJ Special Access gives you a front row seat to some of the Wall Street Journal's most exciting content, like The Quirkier Side of Life, a new series that features the fun, surprising stories our reporters come across. The chief executive walks 10,000 barefoot steps every day. He recalls stepping on a bee, which put him off earthing for a couple of days, but he got back to it. Check out The Quirkier Side of Life on WSJ Special Access, only for WSJ subscribers. News on the go. Whenever you want it, wherever you want it. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously. This is Money Beat from The Wall Street Journal. Now from our studios in New York, here are Paul Vigna and Stephen Grosser. Welcome back to Money Beats. Look at the week ahead. Paul Vigna, Stephen Grosser, Sarah Krause, Ben Lubsdorf. We're talking about the jobs report. And Ben, let's jump ahead and uh, not, well, 
Actually, we would be jumping ahead because the jobs report doesn't come till Friday. So what appetizers do we have on the menu? Uh, we've got some good reports coming. Uh, we got on Monday uh, the ISM Manufacturing PMI. Uh, mm-hmm. Despite its weird name, this is a really closely watched index tracking manufacturing activity in the U.S. Uh, economists are looking for it to stay pretty solid. Uh, reading of 57.5, which would be a very slight pullback from 57.7 in February, but still comfortably in expansion territory mm-hmm. uh, up there. And the other big highlight is, I guess, on Wednesday when the Federal Open Market Committee minutes from their mid-February meeting are going to be coming out. And that'll give us some clues not only about why the Fed raised rates uh, in March, but also when they might do it again. And hopefully people are going to be looking for some clues about the balance sheet, when the Fed and how the Fed might start shrinking that down, whether that's something that might come this year, next year. It's becoming more and more a topic of conversation. Do do we have any clues as to um, you know where the Fed is, what the Fed's thinking about uh, raising rates? I know in the markets, if you look at sort of you know various gauges, June seems to be um, a popular choice. I should say. Well, uh, they've got a meeting in May. They've got a meeting in June. Uh, there's sort of a bias or an assumption out there that the Fed is more comfortable moving at a meeting with a press conference. Uh, the next one would be in June. The Fed, of course, says that's not true. They'll move whenever they want to. Uh, they don't need a press conference to go. Uh, but they've only ever made they have only made big decisions, yeah, right, big moves right. at press conference meetings. So at some point, uh, people people believe that they will right. move. And, at press in fact, conference yeah, meetings. it's fine. I mean, technically, they don't even need a meeting to move. No, they don't right. need I mean, it. It's could, not like a law that they have to no. do it at a meeting. Like they can. They could raise or lower rates in them whenever they want. I would say also from the, talking to fund managers out there, it, it, it feels like the first time in a while where, where there's been real disagreement over the pace and timing, yeah. where it felt like the last couple, everyone really sort of knew that it was coming and sort of braced for it, and it hit, and you just move on with life. But I'm interested to see in the latter part of this year. Are, are they when out. you talk to them? Are they saying that sort of with, with some consternation? Does it bother them, or are they kind of okay with it? Do they have a feeling like you know they're kind of divided. So I've talked to some who are, are particularly fixed income investors who are pretty bullish. They say that you know there was a lot of sort of refinancing, so the sort of wall of maturity has been pushed out. There's demographic reasons why people need income. The economy is in good shape. It's fine. There are others that I've talked to who feel like the Fed it may raise rates too quickly and end up triggering a downturn um, that perhaps wasn't anticipated. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of different camps out there, though I would say by and large, more people that I talk to feel sort of optimistic still because of some of the sort of underlying economic dynamics that we've talked about so far. One of the things I think we've also seen, and this has faded a bit as once after the health care bill fell apart, was in the Trump trade sort of slowed, but this idea that the Fed might be falling behind. Because mm-hmm. um, you know, you looked at investor uh, sent you know lo- you know sentiment around uh, investors' views of inflation. Everyone was expecting a big pickup, and so you started hearing that. I think that has faded though, as um, implementation of the pro growth policies has somewhat stalled. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you see that in the stock market, though, right? In terms yeah. of what what right. is working now, or right. what is sort of faring well, the financials, the industrials that and were see strong. That the, and you see that in Treasuries, yeah, after too. the election. Now it's more tech. Um, you know, so you, you've seen that sort of flip-flop. Right. Yeah, and, you, and, and Treasuries, too. We, we, we got up to that 2.6, which many people thought was the 
you know, the line, the sand. On the, the yield on the 10-year. Yeah, 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 and that would cause more selling right. to go uh, and it further. it didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yields of um, prices have risen on bonds and yields. And, and one thing I also think is interesting, and Ben, I certainly want to get your, your take on this, because we're seeing it up here and people are talking about it in the markets and, and everything we've been talking about. So, you know, you're going to get the jobs report on Friday. That is a, a so-called piece of hard data. We've got these ISM reports, manufacturing and services sector. Those are so-called soft reports. And there's been a lot of expectations about what the Trump administration is going to do for growth and kind of get us out of this 2% rut, move it into maybe 3%, maybe 4%, which, you know. But uh, you, you see this divergence, at least this is what people are talking about up here, Ben, so I want to get your take on this, uh, this divergence between the soft data, which is mainly surveys. I mean, these are business surveys, these are consumer surveys, and the so-called hard data, where the soft data is pointing to a stronger economy, and the hard data is pointing to sort of the economy that we have and have had. And it's going to be really interesting over the next month, especially up to the leading up to the GDP report, the first quarter GDP report, I believe April 28th, to see how that shakes out. Yeah, I mean, that divergence is just tremendous at this point. And, you know, we're tracking GDP. A lot of the GDP trackers are moving lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're looking for at this stage, and it's still early, uh, maybe a growth rate closer to 1%, maybe even under 1% yeah. uh, for the first quarter, uh, which is weird to see when you have ISM so high, when you have uh, consumer confidence and sentiment so high, when right. the stock market's so high. Right. There is a real gap there, and uh, it's something that we've heard the Fed talk about. We've seen uh, people trying to reconcile how can you have such a surge in confidence and it not lead to real economic activity picking up. One interesting thing in the Michigan sentiment report, uh, the last one, uh, they've identified a sort of partisan split in the data. Uh, If you look at Republicans and Democrats, Mm -hmm. Republicans think that we're about to enter into a new era of really strong economic and income growth. And Democrats think we're about to go into a severe recession. And that split is the top line number being so high is obscuring that split. There's a real division right now in the economic data that you don't traditionally see. It's just a very odd thing to see. Right. And it will be interesting to see how that translates into, are, are we going to see Republicans spending more and Democrats spending less because of their expectations? Mm-hmm. One thing I want to just throw out there in the ring, and Ben, I'd be interested in your take on it, is um, chatting with some BlackRock fixed income investors. They made the case that actually GDP doesn't accurately sort of capture what's happening under the hood, that they feel that there's things like vehicular miles traveled, gas consumption, air miles, auto sales that don't get wrapped into that in a meaningful way, um, nor does sort of the success of technology, and, and that perhaps things are better than what that number suggests. And, that, you know, I don't know what you what your take on that is, but I've found it to be sort of um, alternative point of view, at least. Well, I've, I've heard those arguments as well. And certainly there's, I think, decent arguments to be made that productivity may not be capturing everything that's happening, mm. but and that we know that there are issues with GDP on seasonality, that the first quarter always looks weak. Mm-hmm. Um, and right. that's sort of an identified issue that the government is trying to address in the statistics uh, with their adjustments. Uh, but, I mean, it's not just the GDP numbers that look soft. We get consumer spending numbers that look pretty mm-hmm. soft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, We've gotten business investment that hasn't really been picking up that much. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're getting... Uh, just a whole bunch of data. Housing's looked okay, um, but some of that might be, again, the warm weather getting more foot traffic, yeah, yeah. maybe people trying to lock in rates before they go even higher. 
it, it's tough to say right now which way the economy is going to break. But if you just looked at the hard data, you would get no sense that there's any upswing right. or mm-hmm. surge. And that's across pretty much across the board. And even wages, too, right? I mean, they have been improving, but they are not. They're not doing great. Yeah, they're not. I mean, everybody was talking about a a, a material uptick in wage growth, and I don't. You have not seen it. And part of that's the productivity story again. If productivity growth is so slow, and the statistics are really grim on this, you wouldn't be able to get wage growth that fast without causing inflation. Right. And you know, I I think to to kind of put a a bow on this, what then becomes important is I think a lot of the the Republican enthusiasm is the idea that the Trump administration and a GOP Congress were going to, and I'm using air quotes here, you can't see it, folks listening at home, but I'm you know get things done, Uh, and and they've run into a little bit of trouble getting things done. So Ben, what what what, next? You know, this upcoming week, what should we be looking out for? in D.C. on the political uh, circuit? Well, it's become so hard to predict what's going to happen in Washington. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, health care seemed to die, uh, but may live. There's been chatter that a lot of Republicans do want to get that off their to-do list at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, tax reform is a big topic right now, and I uh, start trying to see where that's going to shape up, what lines are being drawn. Are they going to go for a, the big overhaul they were hoping for, or might they settled for a temporary tax cut that doesn't address sort of the fundamental changes that were being discussed. Right. And there's the infrastructure package, which the president has talked about. There hasn't been a ton of enthusiasm among congressional Republicans for the idea, but it could happen. But in the short term, the government needs to be funded. Uh, the government's going to run out of money <laughs> at the end in late well, April. Yeah. And at some point, we'll need to raise the debt ceiling. Uh, we, The Treasury will probably hit that uh, you know, that the inability to pay everything on time uh, later this year. So, I mean, the first uh, thing to be watching for is can Congress pass appropriations to keep the government functioning? Or are we going to possibly have a shutdown? Oh, God, who, who wants to go back to that? And then, and the, and the, you, know, really? the, you know, the debt ceiling, you know, which would be. Well, right. Who want, yeah, yeah, who wants to go back to that whole mm-hmm. Michigas? Um, all right. Anything else we should be aware of? Uh, no, that's Sorry, all the highlights. Really? Yeah, that's it. No, I mean the earnings calendar is very barren. Very light. Barren. Yeah. Mm. I, I feel mean, like this this conversation really reflected the sort of overall state of the economy. Well, it's like things are good, ish. We don't know where it's headed. No, I, I, I think yes. you know what? That, that's it. I feel Sarah, like the tenor right? of that conversation was so lackluster. Well, I, I, I think that's also what you're seeing in the markets. I mean, yeah. yes, we've had a pullback. It's like cautious optimism. In, in the, you know, in we had you know it was eight eight days straight the Dow was yeah. down, and you know uh, nine of ten days, but the market only, it was only down one percent. Percentages weren't big. Yeah, right, I mean, right. not, it's it's sort of grinding down, and I think that reflects there's like you've, for one thing, there's still hope um, of a tax reform. Mm-hmm. That's that's really the big thing for. Um, you know, I think a lot of investors is whether they get the tax reform because that could mean a lot of money coming back uh, into you know uh, into their pockets. And then on the other hand, you also have low interest rates. You know, which right. still I mean, so the bond market is not taking off, which in itself is something of yeah. a signal. So I mean, everything is sort of where there's a wait and see mm-hmm. point right now, and. And it's interesting because you've been there for several years now. The, though the, the, the healthcare thing goes down in flames, and mm-hmm. it was a big mess. 
But the market was willing to give them a pass on that because, like you said, what they really care about is, is taxes. Tax, yeah. If that doesn't go according to plan, then you could start seeing the market. And talking about may, taxes. Maybe. Who knows? Who, you know, God only knows with this market. But And talking about taxes, Goldman was out with a note this week that essentially where they were revising. The, so when Trump got elected you know, right before the, the, the new year, Golden came out being like, this is going to be a record year for buybacks. All that money coming in from tax mm. reform is going to go straight to buybacks and dividends. Um, they had to revise, they revised down their estimate for buybacks this year, wow. this week. So that says things, a lot. Things are not happening yeah. as fast as they thought. All right. Sarah Krause, thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Ben Lubsdorf, thank you. Appreciate the time. Thank you. And everyone, we appreciate your time, too. We like doing these podcasts for you, and we hope you get a lot out of them. And we will catch up with you very soon. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.